What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Game Week 13 preview of FPL Hotline. I'm your host, Matt Tomo, joined as always by Gash and Taz. And we're missing C4 this week. Uh, you know, it is what it is. I'm sure we'll be fine without him. <laughs> um, me and him did the show, just the two of us, last week. And uh, it was okay. Did you guys listen to it? What would you think of uh, the Tomo and C4 show? I didn't get a chance um, to listen to it. I was thinking. <laughs> I think I think it had a lack of the normal genius uh, on the podcast, whose name is not Taz before Taz says anything. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. Off the top of my head, take there is nothing too specific. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's talk about uh, game week twelve. Let's recap a little bit about what happened uh, on Friday. We had a two-one win for West Ham over Leeds. Uh, another goal for uh, Susek and uh, goal for Agvana, assisted by Cresswell and Bowen. And then on the other side, a goal for Cliche and assisted by Bamford. Uh, any any thoughts on that game? Another yeah, return Suchek. for Bamford. Looking good. Mm, yeah, that and another return for Susek. Yeah. Kind of, uh, we'll get, like, we'll touch on it later on, but I transfer him in this week for my, like, budget uh, bench warmer. I had him for, like, up until I used my wild card, like game weeks one to five, and I just dropped him. Uh, and now he's doing well, of course. <laughs> um, but yeah, good performance. Uh, anything else, Gash? Yeah, no, I was I was happy to see the Suchek return because I just well I, I'm happy to see it now because I also just brought him in today for I hadn't begin there, um, and Suchek frees up uh, half a million for me. And I think in the future, I'm just looking to – it gives me a little bit of wiggle room, and I have a couple other positions I want to upgrade on. But, no, overall, I'm glad with that return, and I'm glad with the Bamford return also. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, moving on to Saturday, uh, we had four games on Saturday. Aston Villa with a 1-0 win over Wolves, uh, a goal for El Ghazi and assisted by McGinn. And uh, Newcastle with a 2-1 win over West Brom. Goals for Newcastle uh, scored by Almiron and Gale assisted by uh, Jolinton and Murphy. And on the other side, uh, the West Brown goal was scored by Furlong and assisted by Phillips. Uh, and then in the Manchester Derby, we had a nil-nil draw. Uh, nothing there. Yellow cards for Maguire and Fernandinho. Uh, a couple save points for the keepers as well. Um, and then Everton with a 1-0 win over Chelsea. A uh, goal for Sigurdsson, assisted by Calvert-Lewin. A uh, bunch of yellow cards in that game. Um Yellow cards for <laughs> Yeah. Yellow cards for Charleston, Ducore, Conte, uh Reese James, Tiago Silva. I think that's it. I, I thought there were more than that. What was that seven? No. Yeah, five yellow cards. Okay. <laughs> the Mike Dean special. Um yeah, so any thoughts from Saturday? Any takeaways? Uh Gash, I know you missed the, the Manchester Derby. It looks like you didn't miss much. Yeah, well, if I was going to miss a Manchester Derby, that's probably the one that I'd want to miss, I guess, in hindsight. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I'm glad at least, you know, from a United perspective, they're defensively sound enough to hold the, keep the clean sheet. Um, it sounds like it was a pretty um, dull game overall. I think Pep probably came in because United beat them uh, both games last season, and a big proponent of that was attacking on the counter. So I think he was kind of wary of, getting too much possession and then having United hit them on the break. So he was kind of playing a little uh, more slowly than usual. Uh, on another note, I'm very glad to see Chelsea lost. Uh, it's always nice to see the Chelsea fans getting some humbling. 
because uh, I think the Lampard's won the league already or something. Um, but no, that was a so a couple of a decent. You know, I'm not. I'm not you can't really be too mad with the draw against City. Um, a win would have been nice, but I'm not going to, you know, push that. And then, uh, again, healthy, happy with uh, Chelsea dropping points. So, pretty good day overall. Yeah, always great to see Chelsea dropping points. And, um, yeah, not bad for United to come away with the draw there. Not bad at all. That puts them ahead of City in the table. Uh, eighth yeah. place to ninth place. So, that's that's big. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm not going to talk shit about – I'm not going to talk shit about place. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Taz, any thoughts about Saturday? Uh, I kind of have a few thoughts. Uh, one, the like Wolves continued their poor form, and uh, Aston Villa, uh, even though only Graylish didn't return any points, uh, it was nice seeing uh, Martinez go off and goal with 11 points, which was a nice hole. Uh, kind of made it worth uh, keeping him through the blank week that he had uh, against uh, Newcastle last week. Besides that, um, the only other thing kind of was like takeaway was like. Um, Going to the Manchester Derby, I kind of saw it going either two ways: one, just a bunch of goals, or uh, or a nil-nil draw like this. And I'm kind of happy in terms of like I didn't captain owning KDB and Fernandez. I didn't captain either one of them, so kind of seeing them blank, and then um, you know Chelsea kind of blanking also, and uh, Calvert Lewin also blanking kind of made me happy in terms of uh, me captaining Vardy. So that uh, from a fantasy standpoint, that was a big uh, lot of. Uh, High on players, kind of a blank there. Yeah, on Saturday, I think the average score was somewhere in the 20s uh, at that point. Uh, a lot of people's teams then blew up more on Sunday. But, uh, yeah, lo- pretty low-scoring Saturday for everybody. A lot of the big names didn't do anything, like you said. Wolves continue to look bad. Um, yeah, good to see Chelsea lose. That's about it for, uh, for Saturday. Uh, moving on to Sunday. Uh, Southampton with a big 3-0 win over Sheffield United. Goals for Che Adams, Armstrong, and uh, Redmond, assisted by uh, Oriol Romeu, Ings, and Bednarik. Um, so big 3-0 win for Southampton there. Uh, Crystal Palace drew at Spurs 1-1. Uh, goals for Spurs uh, was scored by Harry Kane and assisted by Son. And on the other side, uh, Schlupp scored, assisted by Eze. And then 1-1 at, uh, for Liverpool and Fulham as well. Uh, goal scored for Salah, assisted by Wijnaldum. And on the Fulham side, goal scored by Dekorodova Reed, and uh, assisted by Lookman. And a couple of yellow cards in that game as well. Um, Leicester with a big 3-0 win over Brighton. Uh, two goals for Madison, one goal for Vardy. Then two assists for Vardy, so the uh, two assists and a goal. Big Vardy party. And uh, both of you guys have him, right? Yeah. Yeah, captain. Yeah, so that was a nice uh, ending to the game week. Yeah. Oh, and then one more assist for Justin. And uh, that was it for Sunday, right? There was no other game? I think so. Yeah, I think so. You had that last one, right? <laughs> um, Arsenal lost 1-0 <laughs> to Bradley. Uh, <laughs> a goal for Aubameyang, finally. Uh, wrong, <laughs> <laughs> wrong, wrong that though. <laughs> um, Jaco with the red card. Um, Class. Yeah. El Nenny yeah, should have got a red card. Oh, what was it? Was a bad tackle or something? I didn't see that. He just like put both his hands to uh, I think Tarkowski's face and just like shoved him to the ground, like by his face. <laughs> and it was, the refs like reviewed it VAR and everything, and they just gave a yellow somehow. 
It was only wow. like five or ten minutes after the Jaka situation too. Uh, Jesus. I think it was. I think it was actually. It might have been the corner kick right before the own goal. Like they might have had to retake the corner oh, kick because okay. of that, and then they scored the own goal right after. So it was just total collapse. Um, yeah, <sighs> bad, bad days for Arsenal. <laughs> I remember at the start of the season, how everyone was saying, like, oh, man, it's gonna, you can't leave Aubameyang out of your team. It's a, a midfielder uh, playing oh. a strike. Oh, did I lose you guys for a second? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you said you can't leave Aubameyang out the team. What else? Yeah, yeah. And his midfielder playing as a striker, and it's been pretty easy to leave Aubameyang out of the team uh, you yeah. know, for pretty much every week this season. Dude, he has 37 points on the year. Uh, hasn't scored since game week That's seven penalty. against United. Yeah, since that yeah. penalty against United. Uh, and then oh he only God. had one goal in the opening game. He has two goals on the year, one against Fulham in the opening game week, and then that penalty against United, and that's it. Jeez. Uh, a lot of lot of twos and threes for him in the, in the scoring. Um, yeah, that is a... Only owned by – how many percent even own him at this point? Eight percent. <laughs> 8.7% still on Obama. In. I, think really? a lot of, I think it's a lot yeah, of people that just didn't uh, just said their lineup at the beginning and kind of just like left there or forgot about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that, yeah that's the only teams. reasonable explanation because it's been bad. It's been no, bad. He's, he's, he's actually probably pretty decent for uh, uh, anti FPL. It's where, you know, people, <laughs> yeah. people pick their teams and but you have to have play, players that play and they try to get the lowest score possible. Yeah, I'm actually playing that this season. Uh, oh, are so you? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just didn't tell you guys. No. <laughs> I mean, I'm flying. I'm flying. Jokes on you. Me, so. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, we have big big day for Vardy though. Uh, a lot of people are happy with that. But Madison's the one who got the full three bonus points uh, with yeah. the two goals. Good performance for him. Um, Maybe consider James Madison in your team. Price at seven point one. How do we think about? How do we feel about that? Uh, I think you you got to keep an eye on him because I don't know how much Rogers is going to rotate for the next yeah. like. Uh, um, actually, well, so for the next uh, maybe for the next month or two, I think the European competitions are on hold. You know, they have their break after the group stage, so I right. think it's mostly just a congested Premier League schedule. So, I, I mean, what Rodgers was doing seemingly was um, rotating a lot between, like, the midweek games and the weekend games. And now mm-hmm. instead of Europa League games midweek, it'll be Premier League midweek and the Premier League on the weekends. So I think Madison's still going to be rotated around. With, they have a couple of options in that spot that he mm-hmm. plays. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, any other big takeaways? Uh, che Adams continues his uh, goal scoring. Fuck that guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Any other notables? Although I will say, I did I did call Southampton at the start of the season. I said they were going to be good, and they're sitting fourth place right now. So fourth place. Yeah. You guys should listen to me more. Twenty three <laughs> points from twelve matches played. Uh, just two points off the leaders, Tottenham. Not bad. Not bad at all. Yep. Um Liverpool one one draw with Fulham. What's up with that? I missed that game. Uh, how did how did that go down? Anybody see that? Yeah, they got a they got bailed out Liverpool. Um, with really, the, the, yeah. The, yeah. Salah scored a penalty. Right, should not have been a penalty. Should have been. For what I heard, um, I think they looked. I you know I missed the game too, and I saw afterwards, but I forget if it was 
um, called and then VAR didn't overturn it, or if it was not called and VAR gave it? It was, um, I know it was just like one of those unfortunate penalties where Ronaldo took a shot and it just like went straight at a guy's arm and couldn't do anything about it and like they had to call it. So, uh, and they called yeah. it? I thought they've been, yeah, I thought that was one of the things they wanted to look out for this year and not call as much. They, they, I, they did, but it was like, um, it was one of those where it's kind of like emotion where they just had to. I don't know. Yeah. I, I didn't yeah. watch the game. I just kind of heard review. Were so many penalties still? Remember after like game week two, I think they said they were going to try to cut back on them. Not the case. Oh. I think we're up to no. like 54 penalties on the year. I think I saw a tweet, something yeah. around there, some in the 50s. Uh, absurd. Yeah. So well, I did worked. see. I did see a fun stat that was something like um, last. So for the entirety of last season. There was something like uh, I don't know a hundred or like maybe like ninety penalties in the EPL, and in Syria in Italy there were like a hundred and like eighty. So it's like you know all like double or something like that, and it was wow. you know that that kind of like opened my eyes like you know you 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 kind of have a general feeling that Syria got more penalties than the Premier League like the last couple of years overall, but it's like holy crap like double like maybe this is just you know this could easily become the new norm. If they keep like you know riffing the games like this, so it's something to keep in mind, I guess. I think the Premier League's on track to double their last year total as well. Yeah, so uh, they might be on the same track as Syria, like you know overall. Yeah, so uh, definitely worth noting who the penalty takers are. Still, um, let's see what else. Uh, Kane and Son are still world class. <laughs> you know, it's every week. It's it's both of them on the score sheet. Not just not one of them. And not anybody else, it seems like. It seems like every week it's just Kane and Son, Kane and Son, Kane and Son. Yeah. Uh, it's fucking annoying. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but they're, uh, yeah, they're, they're in some good form. Um, although the 1-1 draw against Palace, not that great. Um, any other takeaways from Sunday? I think that's it for me. No. Shit, too. All great. right, let's move on. Uh, uh, C4 sent us this right before recording, uh, so let me read it out here. All right. Oh, God. <laughs> um, it was that thing from Reddit that he sent from the subreddit. Um, so let's talk about the rare KDB Bruno Sala midfield combo. Uh, apparently, this combo is only owned by 1% of managers, even though all three of these players have very high ownership themselves. Uh, so obviously, the thinking is that if all three of them get points, you climb the ranks consistently, and then you got to get a few captain picks right. But, you know, that's the idea. Uh, KDB is at 23%, Bruno's at 43%, Salah's at 38%, uh, and that's only owned by 1% of all managers. So um, do any of us have this combo? I'm one player away. I have Mane instead of Salah. Gash, you have this combo. You're one of the 1%. Yep, KDB, Bruno, Salah. Tell us uh, some of your thinking on putting that together and why, whether you're not like you're thinking of keeping that for now or, or what your thoughts are on it. Yeah, you know, personally, my goal in FPL is to – score a lot of points mm. and i feel like this combination of players will help me score a lot of points <laughs> you know, i am um, it was i was like wary of doing this at the start of the season because you don't want to have too many too much money tied up in just a couple of players and then make the rest of your team crap um but over like you know whatever the first uh 10 or 11 game weeks right before i transitioned into this team um I just started to notice that these the, a lot of the premium midfielders like KDB Bruno Salo were just consistently producing and scoring the points. So in my mind, it was worth it to get all of them in my team and at least uh, reap the benefits 
you know, and not have to worry if I only have one or two of them about the one or two that I don't own. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I mean, I think this is my um, second or third game week, um, owning all three of them. And I mean, the biggest headache is just choosing the captain between them. So right. for example, this upcoming weekend, Bruno's away to Sheffield and KDB's at home to West Brom. So those are like, you know, it's, it's a pretty tough choice. I think most people are marginally leading KDB who have those two because mm -hmm. of his record-breaking, uh, you know, season last year, how, how, consi how consistent he was all the time. Um, I personally am leaning towards Bruno, but I'm just trying to highlight that that's probably one of the, my, that's probably my biggest complaint about owning all the, the, the heavy hitters is you don't have a clear choice every week at captain. Mm -hmm. So it's a good problem to have. Yeah, no, I'm not. Yeah, it, it's a, it's like a first, first world FPL problem. Yeah, uh, so I'm only one player away. Like I mentioned, I have Mane instead of Salah, and I have uh, the exact point four in the bank that I need to make the switch. Uh, I'm considering it, but I don't know if I'm going to do it this week. Uh, might might keep money for one more week. I have some other moves I want to make, but when, I do think. What's up? When did you check the like when you had the point four? Mm, like right before we started recording. Okay, I was going to say money fell in price last night, so I was just wondering if that affected yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Well, it affected me last night, but I I, I considered that in the point four. Yeah. Um, so I'm thinking of making the switch, but I got some more pressing problems. I got a lot of problems with my team, uh, so we'll see. Taz, are you close to that, or what do you got? Are you close to having those three? So I'm also one player three? away. Yeah, I'm, I'm one player away, and then I have uh, I have KDB right now and Bruno, and uh, I had the plus to bring in Salah, but I just in, – in this spot right now, I have Son who's been delivering points, and it, it's been making it very hard for me to take out Son to bring in Salah. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it's kind of like we, – we mentioned before how, like, Aubameyang's not, no longer, like, such a – like, premium asset. He's kind of fell apart. But, uh, you know, these guys are kind of, like, the go-to, like, like the talisman players for their teams, you know. Um, a lot of people try to take the money pick as a differential pick, but I don't think it's worth it. At the end of the day, you see it, Liverpool, you know, get bailed out with like a penalty, and it's always going to be solid taking that penalty for them. So, so it just makes so much more um, sense to own the Salah, my opinion. And then, like, KDB now playing that uh, – I uh, has been playing that 4 3 one with KDB as that center uh, cam, which just almost everything goes through him, kind of how, like, with Bruno. It just, you know, makes that uh, – makes it very enticing to own those three premium assets and like i just like besides the fact that you know you might uh have to like you might like have a hard time choosing the captain like how gash mentioned and you know sometimes that could be a problem if you overthink and you know kind of make the bad decision but besides that the only other downside is that you know um you can't have like your kind of middle uh tier uh players elsewhere really because there's so much money tied into that especially um you know you can't you can't have many of your like kind of like your chelsea eight point million midfielders but at the same time right now it's kind of like there's nobody in that spot that that's kind of you know consistently performing and you have a lot of budget options that are performing pretty well you know like you have your Bamford who started off at like five and a half like going off you know even DCL could be considered a somewhat of a budget option what he started off in the beginning of the season you know you have those kind of players and then they're kind of like you know almost the go-to guys for their team and then you can still have like a Graylish and you know a lot of uh you just look at the defenders page for the top scoring defenders right now a lot of them are really cheap options and you know chill was the only like you know chill and robertson are the only ones that are top 
of the uh, you know total points so far this season. Obviously, you know Robertson Trent have had some uh, uh, significant injuries, and like with Van Dyke out, Liverpool team is not the same. But I think you know I feel like last year maybe I've been a bit more hesitant for this three uh, premium midfielders, but this year with like how many uh, low budget. Uh, uh, assets are performing so well it's kind of like it's where i'm moving to it and if someone didn't perform during this uh tough fixtures i would have money uh, so, i mean sorry solid and for sure but right now some performing well is kind of just like making me hold off on that transfer a little bit longer um especially with liverpool having a tough fixture this week so uh, against uh spurs so kind of just like let me just say that uh and see what what i can reassess for next week and then yeah. um kind of in that reddit post uh something that i'm going to is uh also uh uh that uh, C4 shared with us that uh, only 0.23% of all managers have the combo of KDB, Bruno Sala, and Kane. And it's kind of like that, uh, you know, if you include a Kane or a Vardy, now you have kind of like four really premium top players that, uh, you know, it's kind of at the end of the day, if you had to bet on it, who's going to be the guy for their team, those four guys uh, with, you know, five, even, but it's, I don't think it's mathematically possible to own all five on your team. Uh, so it's kind of like it kind of goes to guys and it's making it a now it's the kind of a game of like rotating those fives more than ever for me and like uh like last week i, I was thinking of you know should i uh transfer our graylish who I, who's having a uh, blank week but the same and then they, i brought in de bruyne because uh for another you know bringing in premium masses it's more of like now i don't really care at this point kind of how gash mentioned how he likes having those three players constantly perform at this point i don't really care who my other guys are as long as i have those big premium assets that I'm constantly rotating in for the best fixtures. Right, right. Makes sense. Uh, what you described about that uh, Kane, that combo adding Kane in, that's what I'm trying to do, either Kane or Vardy up top. Uh, but I'm a couple weeks away from doing that. I got to move my defense around. Uh, so let's kind of talk about that. That kind of brings us into the next conversation. Uh, is three premium midfielders a good move or a bad move? Uh, so I think you've kind of made the point that it's, usually a bad move or usually like questionable uh but this year is a bit different uh is that is that am i reading that right is that how you feel yeah i i feel that way for sure because uh i feel like previous years you know you have your um kind of eight somewhat like a between the eight and ten million range uh midfielders performing well but right now with like most of those are from chelsea and it's very hard to predict who in chelsea is going to be informed who's going to be starting constantly uh even though you kind of seen it now but it's just like it's kind of hard to predict them uh, so it's kind of, you know, I would much rather, it's, I feel safer owning these three premium uh, midfielders and having, you know, like a suit check on your, even starting as like your other fourth or even fifth midfielder with like somebody else, like even like, uh, you know, another, um, I have Graylish currently, which I feel more than happy because I feel like he's the go-to guy on his team, even though he kind of been, uh, slowed down a little bit recently, but it makes it, you know, when you have like it's going to also makes it that if even if you don't captain one of them as long as they return points for your team you're kind of not falling too much behind the curve right right uh gash yeah i'm uh, i'm on board with what taz is saying um like i mentioned i have the, the triple premium midfield right now um and i've been happy with it so far um i don't really have any other uh you know, I think we've kind of said everything that there is to be said, at least from my perspective. There's, it's, 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 it's pretty strange FPL year. I mean, there's some weird stuff going on in terms of players scoring and, you know, who's not scoring. And I think that the premium options are just like the reliable ones. So if you want the, the guaranteed points, which might be a, um, a good thing in a year like this, um, 
It doesn't hurt that all these, you know, the, the triple that we talked about just a minute ago, the Salah KDB, uh, Salah KDB Bruno, are all the penalty takers for their teams also. Um, I mean, maybe not KDB once Aguero gets back, but he has, he's been on them. You know, even after he missed one a few weeks ago, he took one afterwards. So I, I think it's uh, with the number of increased penalties, um, it's uh, something to consider as well. So I, that's kind of the way I'm leaning is uh, I, w- I want those guaranteed, uh, more guaranteed returns than uh, cheaper uh, options. Yeah, and it's not just about the fact that these premium midfielders are doing so well. It's also that the cheaper options in both attack and defense are, are doing well also, which kind of allows you to uh, yeah. downgrade them while upgrading your midfield. <laughs> Like, my front three right now is Bamford, Adams, and Watkins. Uh, Bamford and Adams are both doing really well. Watkins, not as much. But uh, Watkins still has the favorable schedule coming up, along with uh, two double game weeks uh, in the future. So, like, that's a that's a pretty promising player at 6.1. You know, I could switch him to Callum Wilson, too, eventually. Um, but, yeah, that's three cheap strikers, and they're all doing their job. And I can't be, like, mad at having any of them. And then the defense. What's up? I was just gonna. I was just gonna mention on this topic of the um, premium midfielders that actually KDB and Bruno both rose like uh, forty-five minutes ago when the price changes went into effect. Um, so they're 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 getting expensive. So if you want to you want to get them in, it might be better sooner rather than later. KDB is eleven point nine now, and Bruno's eleven point zero. Okay, I have KDB at eleven point seven and Bruno at ten point eight. So yep, I I avoided the rise, but yeah, good point. Um, and then also, I was saying, like, the budget defenders are doing pretty well also. Uh, you got, like, Lamptey. Uh, Chilwell, I feel like Chilwell is probably the best, uh, like, more expensive defender option. Uh, I'm, ty- I'm tired of having Robertson at this point. Uh, 7.1 for him just doesn't make any sense with the reduced uh, clean sheet potential. Um, I was still trying to look at it as, like, kind of having a – Liverpool midfielder at 7.1 because uh, that's how he's played in the past couple of years, but it's just not turning out the same this year. Uh, so I feel like Chilwell at 6.0 is the most expensive defender anybody should even consider. And then under that, you have a bunch, you have a bunch even under five. Like you can make a whole defense out of under five players, like under five mil uh, players. And it's, it's definitely solid, especially if it lets you get uh, the three premium midfielders and maybe one premium striker or something like that. Uh, that's, that's, what I'm trying to do, and I think that's like the ideal way to, to set up your team now. Yeah. Um, so that brings me to our last point of the uh, of the episode. Um, no, Vardy versus Kane. Uh, because if you have those three premium midfielders, if you do set up your defense right and your other assets right, you could do three premium midfielders and then one of these two premium strikers. Uh, so we talked about Kane before. Kane is the highest scoring player in FPL this year. Uh, he's got 107 points so far, and uh, Sun is actually the second highest at 105, and they're the only two players over 100. So just goes to show you how, how much uh, they're carrying Tottenham at the moment um, and how well they're playing. Uh, so does that make you want to lean towards Kane? or Well, you guys are both Vardy owners, right? Yeah. So, so tell, tell, me, tell me why. Okay, so Taz, tell me why you chose Vardy over Kane, and then Gash, you'll tell okay. me why you're why you just said for now. So Taz, how come you chose Vardy? Uh, I mean, I, I'm with Gash with the whole for now, but uh, so I, I originally oh, okay. owned Kane from uh, I can't remember the exact game week, but I owned Kane uh, 
<laughs> I I brought him in like game week seven or something with uh already and I also had Son back then. So I kinda had the uh, Spurs double up for a while. They were holding in points and then right before um actually I had a can earlier than that. Right before they uh, they played Man City, the Chelsea and Arsenal, that uh, line of uh those couple of tough games, I decided to transfer out uh Kane and for Vardy who had a fair bow fixtures and which kind of uh turned out good because uh during that week that uh, I transferred him out, I transferred Vardy to play um, against Fulham. Who, who, he returned points against Sheffield, returned points. And last week I captained him and he uh, had a hole of 13 points, which was uh, great for me. Um, kind of a little bit of a differential captain pick compared to uh, Salah. And I feel like that's what kind of like, um, and then I've, uh, kind of I've been using like the Kane and Vardy as a, you, you can use them as a differential pick, uh, a captain pick to compare it to like, you know, most people are, are always good. Like, I want to say like a solid uh, amount are always going to pick the one of the three premium midfielders. But if you do own Barty and Kane, they give you that uh, differential pick, you know, when those three mid- premium midfielders are either playing each other or and have a tough uh, game. So, um, but uh, in terms of Kane versus Vardy, I would say, I will pick Kane almost always unless he doesn't have the favorable run of fixtures like how he did, and that's why I have Vardy. I feel like Kane, as you can see, he brings in a lot of assists, whereas Vardy's more of like uh, – he's not really – I don't see him as the creative type for his team. He's more of like just the finisher and uh, gets some penalties, whereas Kane, you know, he works pretty well off of Son, and you can see him a lot. You know, you see it like Son assisting Kane, Kane assisting Son, so it kind of, kind of just goes back and forth. So, um, that uh, you know, that kind of – and it was wonderful having them both, but uh, going to that run, uh, run of uh, tough fixtures, I just couldn't justify having them both, especially with Vardy's favorable fixtures. So that's our brought in Vardy, but uh, I had the funds to go back from Vardy to uh, Kane, and that's kind of my plan in the somewhat future when uh, after the kind of like game week 16 when Kane uh, starts having nice fixtures, especially that game week 16 against Fulham. So that's kind of my plan. But uh, if they're both having tough fixtures, I would say go with Kane just because Spurs are, you know, they've even proven that they're a team that could perform this season in tough fixtures. So uh, the only time I would go with Vardy over Kane is during this time where Vardy has favorable fixtures and Kane doesn't. Mm-hmm. And it's a good point that uh, he gets the assists as well if he's not scoring. Uh, whereas if Vardy doesn't score, he's not really doing anything. Although this past week, I think Kane <laughs> scored and Already had two assists. Yeah, uh, that's, that's that's that was a little out of the norm uh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. uh, Gash, uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm I'm mostly on board with everything Tess said. Um, it's not like I wouldn't even say that just like Kane gets the assists. I think it's you know like he gets a vast majority of the assists because yeah, I think he has ten in the league so far this season. And I, listen, did KDB break Henri's record? Did he get more than twenty last year, or slightly more maybe? Um, he maybe he tied it or something. He tied on his record, but I'm not sure. Yeah, so maybe he t- so he was right, but he was yeah, right sure. on assists. So and Kane is at ten already, less than halfway through the season. So the the rate he's picking them up is uh, absolutely outstanding, and you know, including the, for the fact that he's a forward and he's still scoring all these goals as well. Um, I, uh, you know, Kane typically gets um, a sort of a longer term injury every season. So I'm wondering if we're going to see that this year, um, at what point it would come or, you know, because that, that it could be a bad luck or it could be some kind of recurring thing where he has, um, you know, just problems with uh, some kind of recurring injury. Um, so mm-hmm. that's kind of on the back of my mind. But with that not being considered, I would definitely have to say I'd pick Kane over Vardy. 
um, for the extra, I think it's 0.6 or something right now. Um, I'm Kane's looking at, at the safety. Kane's at 10.9 and Vardy's at 10.3. Yep. Yep. So I'm looking at the same thing Taz is where I have, I have Vardy right now. And that's, this is what I said for now, but, uh, in the, I've been a couple of game weeks when Spurs fixtures turn, I want to, um, hopefully bring Harry Kane back in, especially because if I think having either one of him or son is pretty essential, um, based on the way they've been playing. So until they show me that they're going to, you know, their, their form is dropping off, I'm just going to treat it that way. And I have a, I mean, person for myself, I have a plan that um, actually with the transfer I made today, um, now if I take away, if I, if I bring out Kilman and I bring in a 3.9 million defender, um, then I can upgrade Vardy directly to Kane. So that's mm -hmm. kind of in the back of my mind with like the price, the, the price changes being a factor too. But that's, uh, you know, one, one potential plan I have right now. Uh, yeah, I agree with you that the only concern in my mind about Harry Kane is the injuries. Um, and I feel like the way that he's being used this year might uh, increase the chance of an injury. Because if you look at uh, just in the Premier League, he's played in 90 minutes in all but one game. And in that game, he played 83 minutes. Uh, so, And that's on top of he's, he's been playing some of the Europa League games as well. He wasn't just benched for all of them. Uh, he was benched for a few of them, but he, I know he played some Europa League games as well. And he's almost playing 90 minutes every week. Granted, some of those minutes come at center back pretty much once they park the bus. But uh, so maybe that helps him to, uh, save some of his energy. But um, that's a lot of minutes for somebody who does have uh, seemingly a recurring injury problem. Uh, but I don't know if I would make a decision totally based on that. Uh, that could just be some like negative paranoid thinking maybe. Uh, yeah, no. That's, anybody that's anybody has an injury risk at the end of the day. Uh, but it, yeah. it definitely – worries me a little more considering how many minutes he's playing and how important he is to the team and that injury history. So I don't know. Um, I think I'm like three or four weeks out from being able to bring any of them in with the way my team is right now. So it's not something that's super in my mind at the moment. Uh, but I think you guys were right that it made more sense to have Vardy now, but uh, once Kane's fixtures clear up, yeah, it's, it's pretty enticing. Uh, I just think it might be easier for me to get Sun into my team, just uh, finances-wise, and I'd be just as happy with that. I, I kind of view them as equals at this point, uh, and Sun being priced a little lower definitely makes a difference. Uh, so, yeah. So, I guess I would say Vardy for now, but Kane moving forward. Uh, one, one interesting thing to take away from this is kind of like uh, – kind of add a different dynamic to the question of whole Kane versus Vardy is, you know, more than this season than ever, you kind of see how, like, Spurs are being carried by solely by Kane and Son. How we mentioned before with uh, Gash saying, you know, Kane's at 10 assists so far with nine goals, and uh, Son is on uh, 10 goals with four assists. And uh, all of last season, he scored 11 goals and had 13 assists. So kind of see, like, Son scoring more goals than assisting this season. And it's uh, only one goal away from tying what he had last season. So it's kind of also um, adds to it, you know, only Vardy, if you have Son, makes it kind of a little bit less, like, uh, you know, if you already have Son and you have Vardy, it's kind of like you're not missing out too much on the whole, uh, not only Kane, just because you have Son who, like, both of them kind of just been, like, feeding off of each other. Right. Um, but uh, it's kind of, like, just something to add to the... Uh, yeah, that's... Know, to the I was kind of trying to find the right words for that, so thank you. Yeah, that's that's what I meant. Like, if you have if you have son, he's pretty much equal to Kane, and he saves you a little bit of money. 
Uh, so at that point, then I guess you go for Vardy if you do have Sun. Yeah, and Although, I think actually, sorry, go ahead, Tom. What if you could do a Sun Kane double up? I mean, that that be perfect. It seems like. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, that was that, that was viable for uh, actually. I mean, some people definitely still have the double up for sure, but I think a lot of people had it for you know the, the end of the like game weeks, like seven to eleven or something like that. Yeah, um, I, I did personally. Um, what I was going to say is I think that this numbers Taz brings up actually returns back to what we were saying about Harry Kane's injuries. Um, if he's playing as more of a creator and letting Son and whoever's starting on the right-hand side run past him, then he's not as active, you know, in the game as he has been in previous years, which I think might actually be, you know, that'll be good long-term because he's right. converting the legs. So even if he's playing more minutes, he's still maybe not running as much on the field because he's just kind of dropping into the creative spot and then creating chances for Son and, you know, Bergwijn or Mora to run him behind. Mm -hmm. That's kind of what I was trying to get at when I made the joke about him playing center back a lot. Uh, yeah. I think against Arsenal, just because I, I know I saw the heat map after the Arsenal game, he took more touches in his defensive half than in the attacking half. Uh, so once Spurs take the lead, yeah, he definitely seems to sit back and, and – play those through balls into Sun, who's doing all the running. Uh, mm -hmm. So that, that definitely does help. And I'm sure that's something Mourinho's taken into consideration uh, in trying to preserve uh, his his world-class striker, you know? Yeah. So something to keep in mind for sure. Uh, any final thoughts on Vardy Kane? Nope. I think we summed right. it up pretty well. We did. Yeah, we, we, we did a good job. Nailed <laughs> it. Uh, <laughs> fuck yeah, let's go. <laughs> Tell your friends to listen to us. <laughs> uh, all right, so let's end the the, uh, the show with our captain picks for game week 13. Um, let me just read out some of the favorable fixtures that you might look at. Uh, with Wolves' bad form, I guess you could say Chelsea against Wolves is a, is a good fixture. Um Man City against West Brom, if you have a Man City player. Uh, let's see. And then Liverpool and Spurs play each other, uh, so that's not favorable if you have one of them. And then Man United against Sheffield is definitely favorable as well. Um, so for me, I would target uh, the either of the Manchester clubs, uh, so that's KDB or, or uh, Bruno for me. Uh, I'd also take a slight look at the Chelsea Wolves game, maybe if I had one of them. Um, but I don't have any Chelsea attackers anyway, so I'm not worried about it. Uh, so for me, my captain pick for this week, um, I think I'll go with Bruno, uh, just because of how poor Sheffield have been. Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong, West Brom have been bad too. Um, but I don't know, I just think Sheffield have really been shit, and um, yeah, I'm just going with Bruno. Uh, Taz. Um, usually in this situation, I would go with, uh, you know, Man City versus West Brom and Sheffield and Man United are obviously the standout fixture. So I would usually go with the home team with Man City and I'll go with Bruno, but I mean, it was uh, KDB, but I want to go with Bruno just because, you know, uh, United didn't get a penalty last week. I feel like they're due one this game week. Uh, and Bruno has a blank away and, you know, I'm going to ride his, uh, I'm going to ride that. I train. I'm not going. Sheffield has been terrible this season. Uh, so you know, I don't see. I can you know, I can see Bruno easily hauling against uh, Sheffield. So I'm going to go with that. Um, as well as also, I kind of just realized that that is the last uh, game of the uh, game week, which is kind of like it was nice having Vardy hauling the last game week uh, last week. So maybe I, 
you know, that will work out in my favor again this week. So I'm going with uh, Bruno. But I uh, you know um, KDB is a very enticing second choice. Uh, you mentioned that would be a great pick if there was something in Chelsea in form standing out. But right now, like, even if you owned all three of them, like, it's, it's like, who would you pick? Or like, you know, like ZH, uh, I feel like ZH Werner, even Havertz, if he decides to shoot, are like all possible picks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you cut out for a little bit there, but I think I think we got your point. Uh, I, I don't think we missed too much. Um, you said you said you would consider the Chelsea game, or I, I said if I, if I owned uh, if one of the players from Chelsea was informed, like Werner, Ziyech, okay. or Havertz, I would uh, bring them. I would captain them. But uh, it's kind of right now. It's kind of like a toss up of who's going to be on the score sheet. You know, you can have Giroud uh, hauling if he does start, but um, or or Christian, don't forget Captain. Yeah, no, or, yeah, or Christian. You know, <laughs> but it's kind of like you don't know who's going to start even, and you don't know who's going to really be on the sheet uh, on the score sheet. So it's kind of like I, I, I personally stay away from that. Yeah, and Wolves definitely aren't as bad as West Brom and Sheffield. Um, you brought up an interesting point about the last game of the game week uh, for United. They're going to have a full two days more rest uh, than than the City players coming into this game because obviously they both played each other last Saturday, and then City have to turn around and play on Tuesday uh, after just two days of rest, whereas United are going to have four. So Bruno's legs might be a little fresher. Uh, that's, that's factoring into my decision a little bit now too, now that I see that. Uh, Gash, how are you feeling? Um, I am. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling red, and I'm feeling Bruno Fernandez uh, for my captain this week. Um, so is that all Chaz, three of us, Bruno? Yeah, I think so. Right. Uh, nice. Nice. I think Taz uh, highlighted the best. Uh, the best reasons. He's Bruno is still yet to blank in an away game. Even you know out, out at West Ham last time uh, when they were he didn't start and they were losing and he came on and and uh, uh, got an assist. So I mean he's just uh, he's a force to be reckoned with when he's away from home. Um, I, you know, I, we, we talked about the, the extra rest and I think it's, uh, I like Taz's take on it too, where it's the, the last game of the game week so that, you, you know, it, it's a mental thing where if your captain blanks in the first or second game, it's like, well, shit, you know, like this, this game week sucks already. But if it's at the end of the game week, it can always be like, Hey, the rest of my team is doing crappy, but my captain hasn't played yet and he can save my game week. And I, for, for some reason, I just like that so much more where I can at least, you know, there's always something to, like, kind of sit back on. And then if your captain does blank in the last game, it's like, well, game week's over. got to prepare for the next one. So I, if, yeah. I, if I ever have a situation where I consider two players exactly even and one of them is playing later in the game week, I'm pretty much always going to go with the guy who's playing later in the game week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Um, and I have C4's it's, answer It's also here. a very quick turnaround. Oh. It's, it's a also, very quick turnaround? It's also a quick turnaround from, uh, yeah, from it's Thursday, the last game, and then, the next game week starts on Saturday, so even if you do, you know, fuck up your uh, pick, you can. It's one day of suffering before the new game week starts. <laughs> right, yep. right. And then it's going to be a shorter rest for United on the back end, but uh, whatever. We'll get to that next week. Uh, I have C4's picks here. Uh, C4 said this week he took out Chilwell and Mane and transferred in Ailing and Salah. Uh, okay. Makes sense. Uh, I might copy that, <laughs> actually. Um, and then he said he'll be captain KDB, so he's not on the same page as the three of us. Uh, so uh, it'll be nice to have him going for KDB. Uh, so we'll see. Not nice. happens there. Hopefully. Uh, he's still leading the rest of us, uh, so hopefully. 
hopefully oh, like KB blanks. Yeah. 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 I'm a little, I'm a little bit scared of Ollie resting Bruno. Uh, he had a little bit of an injury uh, last time. You know, not like an injury that would keep him from playing, but like a small little a thing. Yeah, a basically knock. a knock, but not even like you know a knock, like a basically. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, I mean, if you're gonna rest him, it's against Sheffield. This might be the game you want to do it. So it's, that's in the back of my mind. But then I'm like, well. KDB just played you know, the, the the game against United, and he's playing uh, uh, just a couple of days after with even less rest. And I mean, his manager is Pep Guardiola, so the, the king of rotation there. So it's not really yeah. a safe bet the other way either. So, uh, and then United, I mean, have leads on the back end, so that's yeah. definitely a harder matchup uh, than Sheffield. So, so you throw the captain on Bruno, the vice captain on uh, KDB, and call it a day. Also, Bruno I think the consider <laughs> Bruno doesn't need a lot of time to, you know, uh, return points. Uh, the, looking at this year, the two games that he played only half, 45 minutes, uh, he he got an assist on one game and got a goal in the other game. So, hmm. totally. I, I don't know. Even, Bruno. even like uh, subbing on Bruno, I still feel confident in him returning points. Actually, the first, the one, the first time he played 45 is when he started against Spurs and scored a penalty in like the second minute. So that you know that wasn't even like a full forty. Bruno scored a penalty. Yeah, yeah, he's actually he's pretty good at them. <laughs> Gets a lot of practice. I, I would hope he would be at this point. <laughs> yeah, he's a professional soccer player. I hope he practices. <laughs> professional, professional penalty taker. <laughs> um, just want to do real quick. Just want to read out the uh, top five for our FPL Hotline League. Um, in first place, we still have two girls, one cop. In second place, Werner Bros. In third place, Grealish FC. And in fourth place, Slayer FC. And in fifth place, NF Tridos FC. Um, so all of us, all four of us are out of the top five. Uh, not ideal. Uh, C4 is right there at sixth place. Uh, it's a long season. This week. It's because we give such great advice. That's yeah, where the rest of us. Taz, then you're in 19th. You went up this week. Uh, Gash, you are in... I used to make fun of you, but now I'm below you. Uh, Gash is in 45th, and then FC Tomo is in 48th. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not looking good. But, um, all right, uh, that wraps it up for the Game Week 13 preview of FPL Hotline. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at FPL Hotline. Uh, C4 promised to take more of a, a lead on the Twitter account, so... We should be more active on there now. I got, I'll got. i do some more work on the Instagram account. Um, yeah, so make sure you follow us there. And uh, good luck, everybody. Peace.